What's up, guys? It's been so long. I'm sorry. I've, uh, what is it, a hiatus? Yeah, you call yeah, it I've that. been on a little hiatus. Been out doing my thing, running in the fields, staring into the sun with no eye protection, <laughs> not wearing a mask, you know, doing all the things that are going to kill me. But I'm back right now. Um, and I'm with the one and only Rasta Runner. Dun, da, 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 da. That's a good song. <laughs> we also have uh, a few people in the room that might laugh if we say funny things. Wow. So it's been a while. Yeah. Um, I sort of fell off with the podcast and I started focusing on flight school. Which um, is really cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. It, uh, it's something I did a long time ago and I, I found out that I hyper focus on things and then I move on. Mm-hmm. And if I don't set, if I don't like really set a goal, like, no, I'm going to finish this one task, then other tasks fall apart. For sure. Um, and there's really no finish line to uh, the podcast. So it sort of fell off to the side and I've been focused on that. So I've been flying and doing ground school and everything like that three to four hours a day, plus my normal workload, plus training. So the podcast is sort of fallen by the wayside i think that's really cool man as somebody that kind of grew up with those adhd like tendencies i can appreciate singular focus because it's something that's i would love to be great at i know that like i really have to work hard at doing that bro you you run in the mountains every day <laughs> you're talking I, about you don't have a singular focus well you're an when ultra it, runner when it, <laughs> All you have to do is he doesn't have something he focuses on. (laughs) Well, when it comes to projects, because I'm a I'm a process guy through and through, man, like I love the process of everything. Yeah. And I want to do all of these different projects Uh to to have the process. of. You're hyper focused on a lot of things right now. I think you just don't see it. Perhaps. What do you see that I don't do your, your house renovation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You are crushing it on yard and house renovation. Yeah. Yeah. You're chopping trees like yeah. crazy. You should see my wood pile right now. I saw your wood pile. Yeah, actually. I could. Yeah. You had your headphones in. You're yeah. using the log splitter. I was yeah. like, that is a good evening. That's so good. Oh. It's like a moving meditation, man. Mm-hmm. I've got this this 12 foot pole saw, and all of the stuff that I used to have to like hold a chainsaw with with one hand as I'm standing on top of a 10 foot ladder with There's one arm wrapped around the tree. <laughs> How uh, you made it out of that alive? I don't know, especially with that hair. Yeah, you have. It's like all the know. things wrong. It's all that shoulder stability work that I do <laughs> to hold this 15 pound chainsaw overhead with one arm. <laughs> so we didn't we didn't cover. So we do ridiculous exercises. Oh yeah, not ridiculous, but whatever. They're just like we'll call it out of the box. Out of the box sounds bad. <laughs> ridiculous sounds bad, but we do all these exercises. And I don't know where you, you you made me start. We tied the climbing rope sideways to the cable crossover. Oh and you're yeah, making me uh, ascend and descend it. Yeah, and it was really really hard. And at first I couldn't do it. Yep. And then I could do it. And I got to a point in time where, um, I was okay at it. Yeah. And then we went on that 22 mile run. <laughs> <laughs> so we 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 run 22 miles and we get eight miles in. Yeah. And there's a bridge. And the bridge is out. <laughs> it's a suspension bridge. So there were two horizontal cables that span maybe, what, 30 feet, 40 feet across this river. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, oh, looks like the bridge is out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we knew. 
when the way you said it that you had already known that. <laughs> I, I may or may not have. Yeah. You, you're like, ah, oh, maybe the trail report said something about a bridge being out. And I was like, well, how do we cross this river? And you, and you hopped up and you did your ninja climb thing. And I was like, oh my yeah. God, we've been practicing that. Yes. That real world application. Yes. We all got across. Except Danny Diaz got oh, five feet. Yeah. Man. And dropped. And then remember his bear spay dropped in the water and, and you, like me being the hero, I'm like, I'll save it. Uh, and I, then I jump in and I have wet feet for another 16 to 18 miles. <laughs> well, that being said, uh, we did that, was that 21, 22 miles, something like that. Yes. We did another 14 mile run. Yeah. Um, with Jake. With Jake. Uh, yeah. it's fun. It's fun running and watching people come along and then them just get destroyed. Oh man. I told you that. Yeah. I said, that's, that's what I love about this. I love that. I'm just good enough where I can like hang in the center. Yeah. You're obviously, uh, our leader, our little Colt running leader. <laughs> and then there's me and I fit in really nice and I can just like, and then there's, uh, somebody that we bring along for the first time yeah. and they're just getting wrecked. Break them And as off. long as I beat them, I feel great about yeah. myself. Uh, <laughs> well, as long as I beat you and them, I feel great about yeah. myself. Well, yeah, so. you're just running. You're like, you know, you're the super runner. But since then, uh, you peer pressured me. Yeah, I did. And we were in Salt Lake City for FitCon, which... Yeah. If you guys missed FitCon this year, FitCon was awesome. Oh my gosh, that was so yeah. cool, man. It was a really, really cool event. Um, I'm, I'm a fan for life. I will always well, go We're doing to a lot more. We're doing one in Texas. We're doing one in Arizona. We okay. are. We're taking right. FitCon. We're going to take over the expo industry. Good. I think we, uh, Dana, I, Keaton, all the other influencers that came, Dallin, we sort of, I think, figured out a recipe that makes it really, really cool. And yeah. we're going to make it better. Yep. And I've been to several expos but mm -hmm. fitcon was so different and so unique and so fun yeah that it it blew every other one that i've ever been to hey, out of the water i like that absolutely i like that yep well at fitcon we were uh it was like friday night yep. or thursday night whatever yep and we were getting ivs <laughs> which was the theme of the weekend it was like we have to stay hydrated yeah <laughs> So we were getting some kind of like Superman IV or beauty IV or something. Yeah. So I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. I remember I read it off of a menu like I was ordering dinner. Yeah. <laughs> it was a trip. Yeah. The dinner menu we got. Yeah. And uh, so we were getting IVs and you were like, yeah, I did it. And I was like, what are you doing? You're like, I just signed up for a hundred mile race. And I've heard people talk about hundred mile races before. And my thought has always been, why would you do that? Yeah. Like... I don't understand. Yeah. I look at it as you're going to destroy your physique because the physique that I like can't run a hundred miles. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think of all like the pain and I think of all the time you have to spend to run and it just, everything seems miserable. Yep. You know, there, from start to finish for sure. It's hard to see any upside to it. The for training, sure. the anything, I don't see an upside. And my whole life, anyone, anytime I've ever heard anyone even running like a marathon, I thought it was crazy. And then hearing them run a hundred mile yeah. just sort of seems crazier. And when you think about like the, the human body itself, yes, it's capable of some amazing things. But historically, uh, we weren't meant, we weren't built or designed to run that kind of distance. We weren't. No. We weren't. We were meant to walk that kind of mm -hmm. distance, low impact over a long period of time. 
but not run it. Yeah. So, yeah, it it can be miserable, and it probably will be at times. Yeah, at times. <laughs> I like that, that, that positive outlook. Um, so you did that. Very happy for you because you yeah, got a man. few uh, races canceled. Entire 2020 race schedule was canceled. Which and is I, and crazy I had, that they won't allow you to run because of COVID you're running in the mountains by yourself with no one else around. And and, and that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing is like, anytime you get in these big mountain runs, you're alone the majority Mm -hmm. of the time. You're you're running for 20 hours alone. Right. But I guess it's a crazy time. Everyone's extra scared. And I think it's just easier just to err on the side of caution. So you never get blamed for anything. Sure. Which is why FitCon was so dope. We got capped at 6,000 people a day. We held an outdoor expo. Uh, All the influencers met. We all signed for four hours. To be honest, we hugged everyone. Yep. And uh, I've just been waiting to come down with the COVID. (laughs) I came back and I told told my, my, Drew just had a baby. Yeah, Yeah. And I was like, hey man, like, I guarantee I have it. Like, there is no way that I don't have COVID. I was, like, sharing drinks with people. We were, like, high-fiving. We were yeah. hugging. Like, yeah. we just – it just felt so good to be normal. Absolutely. And I thought I had to pay the repercussions. And then two weeks later, I was like, I guess it's just not going to show up. So, I don't know. But I think that generally event organizers just say, you know what? Let's just be careful. There's just next year. And unfortunately, that's how the world's going. So, we're just – it's getting boring, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I agree. Now, going back to the 100-mile race, absolutely insane. Not something I'd ever want to do. <laughs> um, but if anybody knows me or follows me, I've been going through this weird transition in life uh, with a lot of your help, forcing me to show up and do workouts every day that you decide and I would never do on my own. Well, f- I don't know if forcing is the right word. Well, it's like what? an agreed thing. Sure. I mean, I show up. You show up. You work. Yeah. And and I get this question a lot. What's it like to train with Rob? Well, you kind of just show him what to do, and you just kind of go after it, which is cool. So I don't know if force is the right word, but really, like, it's it's cool to just be like, hey, here are the things that you need to do if you want to be able to do that. Yeah. And your mentality is, okay, cool. I'll just go and do it. Yeah. That's really cool to see. Yeah, I, I – I, uh it's weird because as much as I love being in charge and having like the ultimate freedom, yeah, I more than that, I feel like I love taking orders and executing yeah. something. Hell yeah! And it goes back to sports. It yeah. goes back to like high school. Like, oh, we're gonna run suicides. How yeah. many? Okay, cool. When I'm done that, <laughs> what do you want me to do next? Yeah, and just execute, 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 yep. and then try to beat everyone else around me. Yeah, and I just love it. Absolutely. And I've grown up, and and I. I think one of the biggest things in my life is I don't take orders from anyone anymore. Like yeah. I don't really even take advice. Like yeah. I, I literally have to make all my own decisions, do what I want. And it, there's a lot of pressure to that and yeah. it's heavy and it's, it's uh, stressful. It keeps you up at night. Like, you know, it's just, you have to figure out your life. You're accountable for everything, everything that happens. Um, my friend just posted, and I just reshared it. Everything that happens to you is your fault. It's like the best way to just like alpha take control of your life. Like you're like, Ooh, I got sick. My fault. You know, I got the flu. My fault. I got a flat tire on my car and I'm not prepared. My fault. It's on me. You know, uh, I hit traffic on the way to work. I could have left earlier. This was my fault. Like just, just ultimate accountability. Yep. Um, 
And it does. It makes you feel really, really cool. And it, and, and it wipes away all of the victim mentality. Um, and there's something <laughs> that is really stressful about that because, you know, everything is your decision, your fault. But then I, I do miss just, you know, someone else tell me what to do and I'll execute. And it's, yeah. um, it's almost like it's, it's not stressful at all because it's like, I don't, I'm not making the decisions. He told me to do that. <laughs> like, I, I did exactly what he said as well as I could. So right. it's like, it's like complete reversal of roles of how my life goes. And it's really, really nice. No doubt. Um, that being said, I've learned to appreciate the hard things. And you notice this because I, well, I notice it and I try to make it apparent to you because you do the programming for the workouts. But when something's really, really hard and I can't do it, I feel like I always say the same thing. I'm like, ooh, I really like this. Let's do this more. Correct. And it's the complete opposite of, I think, how I used to think, which was like, I don't really understand this movement. It's really hard. I don't want to do this anymore. But knowing that in that moment, I can say, Dan, this movement sucks. Make me do this more. And I'm like setting myself up for the future yes. to like have to deal with it later. But it's like my reaction to how hard it is to prove to myself that I'm tough in that moment. And then it also has like repercussions moving forward. It's like a really cool way to handle it. Yeah. And uh, that's been going on into like the rest of my life. So like if Dane and I have to have conversations and I have something really hard to say that I know is like, you're like, oh man, I'm really stressing me out. I have to say this or, you know, go into a meeting and it's like, well, no, let's do the hard things first. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. I've been feeling really good at that because after you do the hardest thing first, everything else is just like floaty, right? Yeah, because you go into everything else with more confidence now yeah, and like a higher uh, ability to problem solve and fix it. Exactly. For sure. So let's do the hard things first. Dan signed up for a hundred mile race <laughs> and I signed up for a 50 mile race. Damn. And I have no idea why. <laughs> I just... I thought to myself, I can't do that. Ooh. I was like, oop, I should do it. Ooh, right there. Right? Like, yep. if you can do 100 miles, I can run through the mountains 50 miles in under 17 hours. For sure. So. I agree with that. And here's what was cool about that night, too. When I told you that from across the patio, uh, probably within 10 seconds, you were like, I'll do the 50 miler. After I told you what other distances they had. <laughs> there was like, like a 10-mile I could have done. <laughs> like, there was, like, easy ones. Yeah, there was, like, a 5K, a 10K, a, a 50, a 100. I'll do the 50. Yeah. And I was, like, I was in shock for a second. Like, are you, are you playing with me? Yeah, what's you in your IV, Rob? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that was really cool. I don't know. It's, it, goal setting has become really exciting for me, yeah. I think. Is, uh it's given me like a little more purpose, a little more direction, big challenges, and then things that I can complete. Yes. And they end, and you know, I've never really done that. I've always started businesses and be like, yeah, and forever, we're just gonna grow. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, so what do we ever celebrate? How does it ever end? Right. And, uh, How do you define like, done? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. then some things don't end, yeah. you know, we, we know that, but there needs to be chapters to things. For sure. And, uh, I'm very excited for that chapter to end. I'm not excited. I don't know, man. We have to start running and when. Well, you know, I think that I think that because the the 50 miler is in Utah in May, 
mm-hmm. right before your birthday. I think it's, it's like, like the day after my birthday. Day after. Yeah. Realistically, I think if we were starting to run around November, okay, you know, it's going to be oh, super perfect. snow. <laughs> November in Montana, we're going to train. <laughs> Single digits, snow yep. at elevation. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but I think that this is going to be a really cool process because I know you're a process guy too. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've already done this before where you've dropped weight to get down to uh, a, a weight where you're capable to run at a really impressive pace. And it'd be cool to see it again. Yeah. And then go even further because, <laughs> you know, the, the training is going to be longer than eight weeks like when we did your mile. <sighs> so, yeah, it's going to be good, man. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Uh, what makes you nervous about it right off the bat? First thing that comes to mind. Um, when I, when I ran the mile, the pain, pain, like I right away, it was, it was just the distance that my body was doing Mm -hmm. and I'm back up to 262 right now. So I'm Mm -hmm. even heavier than when we started to run the mile. Right. Right. Um, just cause I sort of let myself, I was like, yeah, let's put on some weight and just like enjoy myself for a couple of weeks. And apparently I can put on 40 pounds in two days. Yeah. But the, the pain in my hip and just like that, just not being able to recover, just feeling hurt. Um, that's, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. Uh, what are you most excited about? Accomplishing it. Finishing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, 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 I know the moment that I, I get across the finish line, um, is going to be like, whoa, emotional right whoa yeah, yeah. i'm gonna have full for sure yeah i'm gonna be that guy crosses the finish line like <laughs> crying hysterically and like what's that dude doing oh uh, yeah it's gonna be good i uh but that's that's the thing is like is uh just getting i think also like the peak week of it all you know yeah um yeah i've been behind the scenes for a really long time with dana where she's prepping for a show and it's like dude it is like fucking battle like every meal matters so much preparation like yeah. you need to make sure that she has the right clothes and the pro tan and everything scheduled and yeah. like keep her mindset right and all the headphones need to be charged up for the right playlists and it's just like getting ready for something and uh you know i remember that from track and football college ball and all that and it was just like so cool yeah and it just doesn't exist anymore yeah and you know, I know that like the two weeks leading up, like everything's gonna be like, no, I need to rest right now. And we need to get down there early to like acclimate and like go on a couple light runs or like whatever that whole process is gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be so just cool, man. Yeah, I think that we should get there, you know, a few days early, maybe even a week early. I don't know, just depending yeah. on scheduling, but it would be cool to get some runs at elevation and just mm-hmm. kind of acclimate to the environment and settle in, you yeah. know. Um, when I went down for season nine of Ninja Warrior, it was in Denver, and I, I got there a week early just to do the same thing, settle in, train at elevation, um, and it just it made the whole process so much easier. I was yeah. able to like collect myself and get all those butterflies in my stomach going the same direction, uh, and, and I think that by doing that in Utah, I think will really help as well, so yeah. we should definitely do it. Yeah. Actually, the more I think about it right now, the nerves I'm getting. I'm getting the stomach <laughs> thing right now. But I think that's why I have to, you know? Yeah. Um, it just sounds so insane. It's so to, insane. To, to think about running 50 miles without stopping. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At 30, well, I'll be what, 38 day? Be 38 years yeah. old. 
like my like and it's it's something too where um running because that's what you put up a, a question about like what are you getting questions about and it's running yeah and i think running is something that like that's tegan my brother's daughter's favorite thing to do right now yeah yeah like we'll be doing anything <laughs> she'll be like wait watch and she gets in her runner stance <laughs> and she's like watch how fast i am and she'll just run a lap around the house and yeah. come back be like <sighs> that was good <laughs> did huh? you and see like, me that was yeah but like to watch her just and she's getting better and better and better at running and then to know that most people hit their apex at 17 18 years old with running and then like it tapers off and then you just stop running. Like yeah. my mom said to me, I wish I could run. And then I look at my, my dad and I realize my dad has, I, I guarantee my dad hasn't run. My dad played football at Wake Forest and like rocked his knee year mm -hmm. one and then just got a bunch of surgeries. So that would be like, what, 19 years old? Yeah. He hasn't run since he was 19. Yeah. And it's like not even in the cards for him. And just with his mindset and his knee surgeries and all that, it's just, nope, never going to run. Not yeah, even interested. It's like this. Damn. That's not even rough. a box you can check. And I was getting there. You know, I was getting there to where it was like, no, nah, I don't run too big, man. Why would I run? Playing it off like it's yeah, you know, no you big know, deal. You're 38, 40, 45, 50, and you're just never going to experience it ever. Yep. I'm hype. Yeah, it's going to be cool, man. I think that one of the things that I grew up with is running when I was a kid used to be one of my favorite things too. Like when I was a little kid, you know, I lived on this, uh, this block, you know, just like a, a neighborhood. And during 4th of July's, we would have block parties. Do you remember block parties? I never had block parties. All right, so block parties, for those who don't know, if you live in the city, they basically block off each end of the street where, uh -huh. the, where the, the roads intersect and everybody comes out onto the street and barbecues and parties and whatever. So we would have these block parties and the kids would get together for foot races at the block party. And the parents would like line off two little sections and then, you know, there'd, there'd be a horn or a whatever. And that was to be so fun for me to just have foot races with the other kids in the neighborhood. Like that's when I felt so alive mm -hmm. was when I was running, when I was a little kid doing these foot races. And then as I got a little bit older, I started to hate running. I liked to sprint cause I played football, but yeah. I hated running. But I think that if I look back on it now, running is one of those things that just makes me feel like a kid. Yeah. It's like the ultimate freedom to just be able to, go yep. on my feet move your feet and you can be like i can be over there and yeah x y and z time yeah. yeah it's so fun yeah i like it because i'm not good at it <laughs> and i'm yeah. starting to pick out the things that i'm not good at to get better at and that's which is something that we should all be doing more of no doubt because how many times do we just kind of like adapt that into our story well i can't do that that and that and then, like you were saying, five years goes by, 10 years goes by. And now all of a sudden we've built that into our subconscious as things we'll never do again. Yeah. And we start living a subpar, mediocre, boring, dull mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the excuses. Uh, I have one right now that's kicking my ass. What is it? So when you do your private pilot's license, Kay. you generally have to fly 40 hours. Okay. And then um, after you fly 40 hours to sort of get trained, you have to get solo hours and 
nighttime flight and landings and all these different things. Okay. And um, <laughs> sorry, Dana's uh, holding the door open so we can hear the road. <laughs> um, so you have to do all these things, and then you have to take a practical test where you fly with an instructor, okay. and they, you know, like a driving test, but in the sky in a lot more detail. <laughs> but then there's also a written test. Okay. And the written test is, I mean, it is, for me, the hardest thing. I mean, it's just, ugh. It's, Dan, you're really making all the noise here. Well, you pinned the door open, so the highway. I thought it Yeah, it did. Beeps are less invasive than... Anyway, um, good to see you're back. But it's, so it's a full-out written test and confusing answers, uh, like math problems. Like, it's full-blown SATs. Yeah. Yep. And I've always said, hey, I'm not good at taking tests. I'm not good at taking tests. I can't read. I can't do this. You know, when I get contracts or anything like that, I pass everything to Drew. Yep. Drew, you do all this. If it's if it's more than three paragraphs, like I'm not interested. And I've I've set myself up to be creative and I'm big picture and all these things. And I've just said, no, this is check this box. Rob can't do this. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, well, if Rob wants to fly an airplane, Rob has to do this. He doesn't have a choice. Oh. Yeah. And it's it's I'm realizing how shitty it is that I convinced myself that many years ago because I just stopped doing that. And I, I, I think back now, it's like, well, if I would have done maybe a little bit of that, and at least I didn't completely write off that skill set, yeah. this wouldn't be that hard right now. So if I can encourage anyone to do anything, don't just say, I can't do this. At least do a little bit of it. Because you never know. Sure. Especially if you're trying to do everything. Yep. And the more that you do of it, the better you'll get. Exactly. And then the more less of a hold it's going to have on your life. Yeah. The hard things, man. Yeah. The hard things. So having the airplane has me extremely excited. I don't have an airplane yet, but I'm airplane shopping. Okay. And uh, I hopefully I'll have my pilot's license by the end of the month. And that's something I'm really excited about is because we're going to be able to fly places. That's <laughs> so rad. So we'll be able to like get in an airplane yes. and fly, I don't know, three hours away. Yeah. At, if we're flying at like 130, 150 miles an hour. I mean, that's, we can get one or two states over. Quick. Quick. Oh, man, that's we can so leave cool. it. We can leave at 6 a.m., boop, land in another state at 11 a.m. We can do a 20-mile run in, yep. like, a different elevation <laughs> or whatever, get back in the airplane and fly home. Like, I'm pumped about that. That's going to open up, Dang. make the world, like, weird. Absolutely. Yeah. I was telling Dana, Kai on an airplane is, like... <laughs> I, I like mm-hmm. visualize just Kai like uh, on her little seat looking yep. out the window with the biggest open face smile on her face. Like, I'm so excited for that. That's and, the only reason I'm actually getting my license. It's <laughs> because I just <laughs> want Kai on an airplane. <laughs> the truth comes out. She loves so much. We were talking, so she just got ACL surgery. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're one of the big things that, I don't know if she understands us, but uh, we keep telling her is like, listen, when you get better, Rob's going to have his license so we can fly you to all different lakes Aww. and then you can swim. So like, yeah. Cause it'll yeah. be, it'll be pretty cold here when yeah. she heals up. So she won't want to swim in the lake, Jeez. but we can fly South. Jeez. Absolutely. 
That's going to be cool. She's going to get to chew up sticks from every state in the country. <laughs> she can bring them back, hang them on the wall. Yes. Oh, that's cute. I'm really excited for you, man. What made you like want to get into that to Freedom. begin with? Freedom. Same yeah. reason I generally do everything <laughs> is, uh, is just is freedom and I want to experience as much as I can. Yeah. And the one thing I realized is uh, if I have the ability to fly myself places and make moves at an instant, um, like, I mean, it looks fine outside right now. And I mean, if I wanted to fly to, if we literally wanted to stop the podcast and fly to Bryce Canyon right now, we yeah. could. Yeah. And that's something that you can't do. And I, I think that the harder I work and the more I'm like opening my eyes and realizing like I like travel a lot. Um, I don't like being restricted. Um, I just, I, I like challenges. Yeah. But a lot of it just comes down to freedom. I mean, that's why I work so hard with, with business is to challenge myself and then financially give myself freedom. You yeah. Know? And, and, and have the least amount of limits possible and restrictions. I notice that a lot with everything going on this year in 2020 is when gyms shut down, when stores were regulating who could come in and who could, who couldn't, when grocery stores were closed for a minute, it made me realize that I am not as in control of my life as I thought. Nope. And while I don't do a ton of in-person training anymore, what if I did? And now I can't make any money because the gyms are closed. Yeah. And so that was a big awakening point for me because now it's like, okay, I need to have more control. I need to have that freedom. I need to have a gym at the house, yep. have a garden in the yard. Mm -hmm. I need to be more in control of my life because with control over yourself gives you more freedom, like you were saying, which that was one of the, that's it. one of the biggest reasons too with, with flying is like why that got into the hyper push is, you know, they stopped flying airplanes for a while. Yeah, that's you know, right. They, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so many things happening yeah. you know, with w restrictions on food, restrictions on buildings you can go into. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're flying less flights out of here for shipping. Like mm -hmm. you quickly realize you have no control. Correct. And it, it feels really weird. <laughs> and that's something that, yeah, I'm trying to correct as much as possible. So I love that, man. Just being able to get in my own plane and not, it's not even, it's not the mask thing. You know, like I'm a pretty... I've been a little bit more outspoken on like I'm pretty anti-mask and I think it's doing a lot of really corrosive things to society. You, you don't see, you don't smile at each other anymore. You don't have conversations. Everyone's scared to go by each other. Like, yep. and you wonder what that's do, like doing to kids that this is like the most important time. And it's just, what is the trade-off, you know? And then take whatever. I don't want to too far. Yeah. That. Disconnection is, <laughs> yeah. is what the trade-off is. Um, so it's not that, it's more like you can get on a plane and be in trouble for this or, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. It just, it's so, it's, it seems like it's getting messier and messier. I agree with that. So freedom, man. I, I love that. And having the ability to just jump in and go and yeah, like you said, go cool. for a run or something like, oh man. That yeah. When we so can cool. fly to go run, <laughs> we've made it. Yeah. That's when you know you made it. Where are you flying to? I'm flying to Southern Utah to run a mountain. What? Yeah, well, I, right. I know, but I got to get going now because I got to be back for dinner. So I'll talk exactly. to you soon. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I have dinner reservations yeah. tonight. Yeah. That's so, going to be so cool, man. 
So you're going to do my, because we haven't really talked about it, but we just said, hey, we're like, we're starting in November. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to? break it to me at all how you think we're gonna um like obviously this i'm not gonna hold you to this yeah yeah but like yeah. break it to me like what do you think my training is gonna look like so i think that'll that, be seven months out right yeah about that mm-hmm. I, I think that what we really need to to do first is we got to get your mobility on point so Which i it's i don't feel like it's getting better yeah like i feel like my hips are just like, I don't know why it feels like they're maxed out, but mm-hmm. it, I just, like, we stretch a lot. Yep. We do movements. Yep. But still, I get in seated double pigeon, and it's like, yeah. What, why? Why is this not? I think that, I think that we just need to look at what areas of your hip mobility are really tough, which mm-hmm. what I see is, is external rotators and hip extension. Okay. I think those are two big areas that we should be putting our focus on because both of those uh, are going to allow for a bigger stride, which is going to translate to more efficiency in your running. So number one, we got to focus on hip mobility more so than we're already doing. Uh-huh. But then if I look at like what type of training is going to be best for you seven months out, somebody who's going to be probably around 250, 260, uh, well, we got to make sure the base pace is down. And for those that don't know about base pace, for ultra distance runners or athletes of, of any kind there in the ultra range, the majority of your training, 80% of your training is going to be at this base pace, which means you're going long distances at a really casual pace. Mm-hmm. So for people that are trying to figure out how do they start, this is going to be the majority of your time. So you'll probably be running six days a week. It's a okay. lot. And probably three to four times a week are going to be those base pace days where you're just running distance at a really boring, slow pace. I don't mind it. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked when we ran the mile, the base pace days, like I liked them. Yeah. Like, cause we were running what, eight, nine minute miles, Yeah. which isn't, you know, that taxing. And we would yeah. do that or we'd run 35 minutes, right? Yep. 30, 35 minutes. And we would do like four and a half miles yep. ish. Super casual pace. I liked that. It always felt good. It always, you know. Yeah. Um, so for my base pace, I know it's not going to be four <laughs> or five miles yeah. at a nine-minute, eight-minute mile pace. Yes. What are we looking at? You know, it really just depends, like, on the terrain because yeah. all of these miles will be mountain miles. They have to be. So when you're looking at running in the mountains versus say running on the road, Mm -hmm. you don't base it off of mileage. You base it off of time because every mountain is different based on where you're at. So it's just easier to use that as a metric. Gotcha. So base pace days are going to be anywhere from 60 minutes to 90 minutes. In the beginning, I think that we should do more just 60 minute sessions. Mm -hmm. And as we build up towards the race, we'll get into the 90 minute range. So those base pace days are going to be three to four times a week. Outside of that, we're going to mix in some tempo training. Tempo training is really important because it teaches your body to use oxygen more efficiently, which is going to come in handy in sections of the race where you may look down at your watch or whatever and realize that you need to speed up a little bit so that you're on pace. You're going to have that extra gear to shift into. And I think that's a lot of times what most people neglect in training is tempo stuff Mm -hmm. because maybe they just don't know how to do it or maybe they don't understand the importance of it. 
but having the ability to shift into a higher gear to move quicker on demand Mm -hmm. is absolutely necessary. So tempo training is another thing. Another style of training that's going to work well for us is having one day a week where we do a long run. And I think the race is on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make Saturdays our long days. Mm-hmm. And, and the long runs are going to be anywhere from two to four hours in length where you're just running straight. Because it's at the, ba- at the base pace, at that really slow, mellow, conversational pace. Mm-hmm. But now we're just going for hours. For three or four hours? Yeah. How, how far is that? Depends where you're at. Depends on the terrain. You know, it's going to be snowy in Montana around that time. So what that could look like is some ski mountaineering. Perhaps we're climbing up the mountains with the, with the snowshoes or with the skins on the, on the snowboard or whatever mm-hmm. um, and doing laps in the mountains. If it's a mild winter, we can go up to Glacier Park and we can run endless miles up there at elevation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to kind of depend, but, um, those are going to be three of the main ways that we train for this. So no treadmill work. I mean, it's interesting because you could do on the treadmill, Yeah. but you could also just dress for the weather and go outside. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah, curious. And the other thing too, and, and if all you have is a treadmill to train on, do it. But the thing with the treadmill is you have a belt that's moving the ground for you. And all you have to do is step. So you're not really getting that propulsive mm-hmm. benefit, that propulsion from pushing off of the leg, using the hamstring, building the Achilles, building the endurance in the quad and hamstring. So it's not as efficient. Yeah. I know the, I notice uh, the air tread is a little bit harder. For sure. It is because um, of the curve, right? Yeah. The, the yeah. curve. And you're the one moving the belt. Correct. But at the same point in time, all you need to do is put your foot higher yep. and it just gets faster. Yep, for sure. So, yeah. All right. So that's how we'll do it, you know, and and, and I think for those that are listening, they're like, well, you know, I want to run more of these races at elevation. I want to run in the mountains, but I just live at sea level or we don't have mountains. I totally get it. I totally get it. Because when I was living in California, there really weren't any mountains around us either. And what I saw a lot of the ultra people doing was they were training either on treadmills or instead of focusing on pace, they were focusing on effort. So that would be my, my advice to you is to not just focus on your pace, like, Oh, nine minute mile, 10 minute mile, focus on effort because the body doesn't recognize pace. Mm -hmm. It recognizes effort. And one of the ways that you can do that is just by focusing on internal metrics like your, your breathing rate, that's a great way to, to focus on effort. So perhaps you incorporate some tempo work. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you incorporate some hit rounds, some sprint work. You know, a lot of the stuff we do in training, like the, the 20 seconds on, 40 seconds off, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff can be really helpful to help you build up the cardiovascular stamina to be able to run at elevation. Okay. It's not easy. I mean, no, it's it's not I, ideal. <laughs> I know it's not yeah. easy. That's part of why I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. But um, this is going to be really cool, man. So pretty much, um, let me think. So 50 miles. Yep. Um, there's a time out. 
Yep. So like you can be too slow and they just sort of like, all right, bud, get out of here. Yep. Pretty and much. And that's 17 hours. Yep. 17. So it's 2.9 miles per hour. So pretty much three miles per hour, which mm-hmm. is a 20 minute mile. I've yep. already done like all the math. <laughs> so it's a 20 minute mile. Yeah. Um, my hike pace, my aggressive hike pace with Dana is like mid twenties. Okay. And that's not stopping. You know, that's hiking straight up a mountain. Like that's pretty much we've done faster, but that's our, that's our pace. Yeah. Um, I'm just making, I just don't want to get cut off and then make sure that I complete. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that I I started thinking about was like, wait, so let's say six, let's say I do in 16 hours eating, Mm -hmm. drinking food, Yes. My headphones are going to run out. And <laughs> like, there's so many things that I didn't even yeah. think of. Yep. Right. Yeah. You, you said the other day you were like, Oh yeah, someone to stop and you can change your socks. And I was like, wait, <laughs> change my socks. <laughs> like I, I, I didn't think of any of this. Right. And, or you said change your pack too. Yeah. And I was like, change my pack. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Yeah. You may have there's, to. Ugh. And there's a lot. And that's what's so cool about running these kinds of distances is there are so many little things and knobs and buttons that you get to twist and push in order to figure out what works for me. Yeah. And it's going to be really cool because you're going to get to learn more about yourself even and how your body works by starting to run longer and longer distances. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, full disclosure, I've never ran 100 miles in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm a nobody. I never even thought to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. No, the furthest you've ran. Oh my God. (laughs) You're a fraud. (laughs) Well, no, I just, I guess I never even thought of it. You were like, Hey, I'm going to run. Cause I remember when you told me, I was like, wow, that's crazy. But then they all got canceled. And I guess I never even realized that. What's the farthest you ever ran? Well, Well, let me say this. I'm a nobody in this sport. Nobody knows who I am. The furthest I've ever run was two days ago. I ran 37 miles in Glacier National Park. Okay. Prior to that, the weekend before or two weekends before, I ran 32 miles. I don't know what 40 miles looks like. I, I don't know what 50. forgetting that this is new to you. This is all new to me. Yeah, this is all new. And I'm learning so much. Every, every new run that I go, I try to push my distance mm-hmm. up just a little bit. And I'm learning so much right now. And it's, it's really cool. You know, so... Um, Running was something that I think I mentioned to you is I never liked to run. Mm-hmm. Like after I got out of, you know, like high school-ish, I didn't like to run distance. It was just hard and boring. And so I just didn't do it. Um, but I've kind of like resurged my appreciation for it. And yeah, I'm new to the sport, man. Jeez. I know. I know. So this is going to be cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. Man. Yep. So you've never even run as far as I'm running. No. This is crazy. Well, and, and that's the other funny part too is <laughs> I'm I'm running a hundred mile race before I've ever ran a marathon race. I've never even ran a race. Yeah, I never even thought to run a race. <laughs> I never even thought like, hey, maybe I should start out with something smaller. No, you just go for it, right? Huh. And we'll figure it out along the way. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I like it. I, yeah, I, I like the idea of of just going for the big thing right away. And, and whether or not it ends up being the, the best thing ever, whether or not I podium on this first rate, to me, that doesn't matter. I, I think that running 100 miles is just something that I want to complete because I used to not think it was possible. 
I remember doing a podcast with a friend of mine and he's like, oh yeah, I, I ran a 50 mile race. And I was at the time thinking 50 miles. Are you insane? Cause I was only running like 10 miles at that time. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about that is the more and more that I push hitting the 32 miler, hitting the 37 miler, it's like, oh no, I'm like right there. I mean, that's, that's realistic. It, yeah. You know, it's, that's within reach. And, uh, I look at a hundred miles now and, and my thought is this a hundred miles. Isn't that far? Yeah. It's not that far. If you break it up into sections. Okay. So what I do when I'm running any kind of distance is I break it up into 10 mile sections, 10 mile blocks. Um, I just got to run 10 miles right now. 10 miles is easy. I could run 10 miles with my eyes closed. When I hit the 10 mile mark, it's another 10 Mm -hmm. and then another 10 and then another 10. And by breaking it up into those sections, for me at least, 100 miles isn't that far. And I think that with you, when you're running this 50 mile, it would be important for you to start breaking it up as well. How will you break it up? So when we ran... uh Gunsight Pass, and that was like 21 or 22 miles. that was such a good run. I was thinking it was going to be 20 miles. Mm -hmm. And playing football and running the mile in high school, um, I just broke everything into quarters. Quarters, yeah. So it was lap one. Yep. I was familiar. Lap one feels good. Lap two is sort of like a blur. Lap three, you're realizing that like you're falling apart. And then lap four, (laughs) you're just superhuman. Yep. And I feel like that's the same thing in a football game, the same thing everywhere. It's like, it's that one, two, three, four. So that's what I was breaking it up to that 21 mile run. And, you know, the first five miles were so easy. Yep. So easy. I was like, and the whole time I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to come back and run this by myself for time because I'm a fucking monster. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next five miles came. And I remember being like, this is straight up, dude. <laughs> like, this is straight up in shale and heavy vegetation, yep. like super tight single track. Yep. And, and we're then, at like 6,000 plus feet. Yeah. Yep. And then I don't even know what halfway was, but we went down a little bit and then... After we went down a little bit and then back up, that's where I got my ass kicked. Yeah, up to Lincoln Pass. Yeah, because yep. the down felt really good. Like, uh, just I think yeah. So that so the down part, I took off. Y- you were gone. I I felt like a child. I've never, <laughs> dude. My high knees, my foot placement, like my vision blurred. Yeah, and like my feet knew exactly where to land, and I was like deselling at the right. I just felt. You just in flow. All the training, and I and I, I got to this waterfall, and then just started crying. I like was yelling <clears throat> like, like yeehaw, and th- just like oh you yeah, know, making noises. Yeah, and then yeah. Dana called me up, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, <laughs> "I just feel so good." <laughs> <laughs> so I have a video of that. I was I was filming Jake, I think, mm-hmm. and I'm filming him. You're and filming I'm com- uh, Danny, or I was fi- filming Danny. Yeah. That's right. Um, I was coming up on that waterfall, and I heard. I heard a man scream and I knew the waterfall was there and I thought, Oh my God, Rob fell in the waterfall. <laughs> Rob's rolling down the mountain into the lake and I get down there and you're in tears mm-hmm. and you're just like, you were okay, obviously. Yeah. But then I just realized that like, Whoa, he just, yeah. you know, he just, just well, even tapped even into running, something. Uh, 
when we first started running, I couldn't run downhill. Right. And that was something like you were like, all right, run down. And then you like taught me how to run downhill. I was like, I know, man, I get how to do it. I yeah. can't though. Okay, yeah. bro. And you were like, <laughs> all right, man, you're just going to walk. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, when I was younger, I used to, I used to live for running through the woods, Absolutely. high knees over logs. You just felt like you were in a movie, dude. It's yes. like, uh, the the Logan movie, the Wolverine movie. Oh yeah, where he's running through the woods, just yes. like, and you're just like super athlete. Yep. If you can run through the woods like that, and I, I can, but I'm super slow now. And then going downhill, like my knees, just the weight, and do everything came together. All the training, all like the mm. hand eye coordination, and I'm mm -hmm. just like, I am the fastest man <laughs> in the world. Yeah. And then we had to go back uphill. <laughs> And I was just rocked. Yeah, yeah. Rocked. But, so that was like uh, halftime, yep. you know? And then going down the backside, uh, Dana was pretty injured at that point in time. Yeah, yeah. And I had to like get her through it. But yeah, thinking now, it's like, okay, yeah. I, if you tell me run 20 miles tomorrow, literally no problem. Yep. Can do that. Whatever. Yeah, let's go. Yep. But now thinking... I get down there and I have to turn around and go back mm -hmm. in the same day. Mm -hmm. And that would be my race. So, yeah. All right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But I could. Yeah. I definitely can. Right? I yeah. think so. I yeah. mean, I, I think that if you were to hop out of these badass cowboy boots you're Thanks, wearing man. right now, throw on the runners and go run 50 miles, you could do it. Yeah. For sure. It would be difficult maybe at mile 25 or 30 mm -hmm. and then the majority is going to be just mindset from there yeah but you could do it now think about if you were to put in six seven months of hard training and then ran 50 yeah on top of what you can already do now of yeah, course if i had know. to go out right now and we said hey run 50 miles it would probably take me because we did we did that in seven hours seven and i'm very confident i could have ran that in five and a half to six for sure there was definitely an hour of like dilly dallying yep um i mean even going across the ice fields and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. took so long yeah um and then the think like my second time my, my second way back would be slower so let's say six hours and then let's say seven hours yeah uh put me at 13 and then let's take into consideration i'm probably extremely tired and just go to 14 like i think i could i think i could do it in 14 to 15 hours right yeah. now um so that's what that's what I'm I'm pumped about that. Like I'm pumped that knowing that I can already sort of do it. Now I'd probably end up injured. Um and I'd be down for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Like knowing how my body works. Like mm -hmm. if I put my body through that right now, I'd be down for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. I would regret it and like whatever, but yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. I don't too. know about 100 miles though. Cuz I would run up, run back and I'd be like, "All right, now it's half time." Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then you run by me and just to the moon. <laughs> and the other thing too about these runs is is you know you're really not stopping mm -hmm. unless you absolutely have to. But these aren't staged runs where you run a distance and then you go to your hotel for the night and get up and finish. Like you, you're running uh, through the night, which I got to experience a little bit of that on this 37 miler. I had to to run in the dark back to the car because we we lost out on some time. But running throughout the night is something I've never had to experience yet through the night. And so 
pretty soon I'm going to be starting my runs later in the day. I never even thought of that. To start running at 12, 1, 2 a.m. And that's going to be a mind game for me Whoa. because we live in Montana. and There's they're... so many parts I've never even thought about. <laughs> I never even thought that you had to run through the night. Of course. I was like, oh, of course it's just during the day because it's not safe at night. <laughs> and I just realized you're going to be running through the night. All night long, for sure. Because mine I can probably squeak out. We'll probably start early. Yep. Yours is at 7 a.m. So 7 a.m. I should learn the details. Yep. 7 a.m., 12 hours would put me at 7 at night. Yep. And then... I'll probably finish it. Ten, so I'll finish it night. Mm-hmm. It'll be in the dark for sure. Oh my. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> you'll go to bed and you'll be in dreamland and I'll still be out there <laughs> pushing away up the next morning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. man. Whoa. Yeah. So that's that in itself, I think is, is one of the mental battlefields that I'm still going to have to figure out is, how do I, how do I run through the night by myself in the dark with a headlamp, legs on fire, wanting to quit? What's that going to be like for me? And I'm really excited about it. What's the, what's the battery life on your headlamp? Like, there's so many things that I don't. And that's why you have a crew change your socks, new pack, extra headlamp, all of that stuff is. I'm gonna have a pit crew. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's going to be Kaya, cool, man. We're going to load you up with all my supplies. <laughs> she could wear one of those little dog packs. <laughs> like, oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like switching out. The, I need, yeah. All I thought about was headphones mm-hmm. dying. Because mm-hmm. I, I know that I'm going to need something. For sure. Um, I don't know what, but yeah. something. You yeah. Know? And yeah. then, like, you're, my, so say I do 15 hours, like, my phone can't play stuff for 15 hours it's mm-hmm. gonna die yeah and yep. headphones last i mean airpods last four hours like yep. there's so many yeah there's so many little things to, to consider and finding out what formula works for you is going to be really cool hmm. because that's what calories you get to. calories yeah yeah are you are you the type of person that wants to fast for 20 miles and then start eating or do you want to have then, a gel pack every And then what does minutes. your body do at 20 miles? Exactly. Because I know that so far what I've done is I like to eat. Like yep. eating is my favorite. I'm very convinced that like I can't operate without calories. Mm-hmm. So I've never really been that deficient yeah. in, uh, in calories. But I know that like when I do eat, all I can then think about is like my body di- – as I'm running, I'm like, mm-hmm. ooh, the body's digesting. Like I feel it. Like I feel the – and it, it, it's a distraction. For sure. So and I'm going to be, I'm excited to like, well, how many miles can I run fasted? Yep. Cause yep. if I can run 25 miles fasted, eat a little bit and then every five miles out from there to like break up the next five segments, mm-hmm. that that's the cool stuff. Yeah. That's it, the really cool. Stuff. Yeah. It's super fun, man. You know, what I like doing is running the first 20 fasted. That's okay. typically what I do on, on the 20 plus. And for my body that works well, I'm already intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. So me, you know, I typically don't eat till like 12, one o'clock anyways. And I start my runs first thing in the morning, always 6am typically. Mm-hmm. So running in, you know, 20 miles isn't that big of a deal t- without food. But for somebody that who isn't fasted, I would really encourage you to, uh, to see what works for you. If I look at like what most ultra athletes are doing, they're 
consuming calories every 30 to 45 minutes, typically 100 to 250 calories. So maybe that would be a good starting point for you. Well, my body has reserves. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like most ultra people have reserves. I think they're already pretty uh, pretty running on E. And fun fact, a lot of the the guys and girls that are doing like stuff into the 200 to 300 mile range, which is... Man, can't we just appreciate 50... (laughs) I'm going to do 300. <laughs> There's some, I mean, r- runners are a weird bunch, man. But some of the athletes that are up in that range, they're skinny. They're, they're small. It's like, how do you fuel yourself? Mm-hmm. You don't have any stored calories. Well, in fact, they do. Most of the athletes that, that I've heard of that are running that kind of distance successfully kind of run on like a keto style diet. Okay. No carbohydrates, high fat moderate levels of protein because the thing is your body can store more energy from fat than it can carbohydrates because fat calories are more dense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of an interesting way to, to fuel yourself is to, is to run it that way. Crazy, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool stuff to figure out. Mm -hmm. Science. I'm going to feel so (laughs) invincible. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like 100% yep. just, yep. and it's going to carry over. To, and that's, you asked me what I was excited about. I said finishing. That was like my dickhead original <laughs> answer without thinking through it. Yeah. What I think I'm most excited about is, is finishing. Yeah. And then the, what it's going to do for me in every other aspect of life. No doubt. I'm just going to be like, I am fucking invincible. Yeah. I ran 50 miles through the mountains of utah oh my god oh my god oh my god whoa what's going on uh mute there we go whoa so my computer just said do you want to save the file and i was like well of course i don't want the file to vanish (laughs) and i click save and my whole computer shut down did an automatic (laughs) update and re-uploaded or i guess updated yeah and then deleted everything, but we were able to go back in the audio files and find it. I have like a bit of a stomach oh. ache because of that when I heard yeah. that it deleted. I was like, I just wasted all Dan's time. <laughs> Man. Well, we're back. Welcome back. <laughs> that was a lot. So we're at an hour. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we're there. That's crazy. I didn't even realize it had been an hour. We just talked for an hour. And that's what I told you. You were like, what topics? I was like, I don't know, man. We just talk. We're, and like, <laughs> we're, we're going to be able to cover it. Yeah. Whew. Stress, man. Stress. I would have had to record an outro and just been like, hey, listen. So, guys. 2020 is weird, man. Weird stuff. Wor- See, that's something that I don't like. What? The whole like, oh, 2020. Like, dude, this year has been awesome. It has. It has. Like I've made so much progress, so many good things that have happened mentally, physically, uh, business wise. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing great. A bunch of adversity thrown at me. I'm learning how to adapt to it. Yep. You know, making changes in my life based on, you know, restrictions based on like, you know, even not being able to travel. I've learned so much about like, yeah, there's so much to do here. Sure. Um, realizing expos and events that I don't have to go to that I thought I had to just because I've been doing it for 10 years. Um, just so many different things I've learned. I don't know. I, th- I feel like 2020 has been awesome. Why do you think that we just keep saying things like that? Oh, it's 2020. It's, it's so this, it's Corona. It's- when I moved to Montana. So on the East coast, 
there's this thing where you're just, or at least I was, I don't want to stereotype everyone over there, even though I love stereotyping. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing, yeah, favorite thing ever. Favorite thing ever. What do you like to do, Rob? Stereotype? <laughs> Generalize. But there was like this negative thing. So if you're like, what's up, man? How are you? Ah, tired, bro. Work sucks. Mm. And it's like, that's how you would answer a question no matter what. It was just, and that's yeah. just what you did. You know, uh, I had some employees that'd be like, what's up, man? Be like, another day in fucking paradise. Damn. And it was like the cool thing to say. Or yeah. if uh, someone asked you, say about like, oh, how's your wife doing? Oh, the old ball and chain. Like just <laughs> right. to, to just be negative. Yeah. And, uh, for no reason. Yeah. It's just that's what your standard thing is. And I, I think that I, I, I started to do that. And I always started to just default to the negative response. Um, if someone asked me like, oh, how was going to Australia? Like, oh, dude, the flights were so long. And I felt like I had to point out the negative things. So I wasn't bragging. Got it. You know what I mean? I do. So if everyone's like, oh, how's life? Be like, dude, I am fucking exhausted. Super stressful. Work is kicking my ass. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm living my dream. I'm working. Uh, I actually love sleeping in a warehouse. Like I'm chasing down everything I've ever wanted. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So when I moved out here, we had bought the house and I was in the grocery store. And um, what did I say? It was hot. It was, it was when it was started to begin 90. Yep. And uh, they were like, oh, how are you? It's, get, it's a hot one out there. And like they said that, and I was like, yeah, I know. It's like, it's pretty rough, huh? Like trying to identify with the negative thing. And they're like, well, no, I'm, I'm probably going to go swimming. It's going to be great. I was like, <laughs> all right, positive guy. And I have a few interactions like that where you ask everybody how they're doing. Uh, and they find the positive in it. And they say something great. And you just, and I realized that's one of the reasons that we ended up moving here is a couple of those interactions where we figured out like, oh, wow, we're like, conditioned to be negative and it's mm. it's this like agreements upon everyone that we'll just be negative and and we don't want to brag or make it seem like we're super happy or positive all the time sure i don't remember why i was saying that i was just asking why do you think that we like oh, we as people thing. like 2020 say thing. that i think it's just fun to bitch about stuff too yeah it's fun to just be like wow oh, yeah 2020 nothing yeah. goes right and same thing, it's it's putting blame on something else. Deflecting responsibility, yeah, it's right? It's not my fault, it's the year's fault. Right. You know, I'd be crushing if it wasn't for this right. year. I don't know, man. I'm building a home gym right now, and since we started, mm -hmm. that's what I've been getting to. Uh, yeah, it's corona this, corona mm -hmm. that. That's why we're two months late or whatever. You're experiencing this yeah, with the build too, right? The warehouse, warehouse hasn't been touched. Yeah. It's just dirt. That's crazy. They put the road in day one, and then it's just sat. It's been two months. We're, we're going to miss our deadline by a month which is going to wreck Black Friday. Oof. Uh, and then the offices aren't going to be done till January. So that's offices in the gym. So like the first time in eight years, I'm not going to have a private gym. Mm. So mm -hmm. Am I supposed to go to a, I mean, not to sound, but like you want me to go to a public gym? Like with the public? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want with other people? Yeah. There's going to be people in the gym. <laughs> Like, so when I sweat yeah. all over everything, right. I have to wipe it up. Right. And I have to listen to pop music. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to play Oasis? What if I'm in the mood for something else? Can I change the music? I'm so confused. What if I don't want to turn the lights on? <laughs> like, yeah. I can't bring my dog? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So there's a bunch of weird things like that, which, you know, I can train a public gym. I'm just sort of being an asshole. I'll, by that time, I would just be running outside anyway. 
That's a good point. But yeah, I, uh, it's gonna it's gonna mess up a lot of stuff. And I never even thought to be like, oh, 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, cool. I need to figure out how to adapt. So like, right away, it's do I have to build other storage facilities? Um, you know, thinking should I sell my cars? Because I won't have anywhere to put the cars for a while. Mm-hmm. So I can free up revenue and sell some of the 911s and. Or I can figure out storage. I can start building on my storage facility earlier. Yep. Um, I can creatively stack cars in the other place. Uh, as far as offices go for Flagner Fail staff, I mean, like West is current or East isn't sold yet. Okay. Um, we can also work out of West. Like I'm just thinking of other options. I never even thought to like be super blum- bummed out or like blame it on 2020 or anything like that. I was just like, oh no, cool. This is when you're, I uh, I was talking to my friend and that's what I said. I was like, when you're making moves, uh, that's think everything goes wrong. Yeah. Oh, I think that she was, um, it was Dana's mom. Dana's mom and I argued politics for like four hours the other day. And it was (laughs) awesome because like I had no issue admitting when I was wrong. She had no issue admitting when she was wrong. And like we were listening to each other. It wasn't the typical. That's argument. refreshing. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And so I think we both learned a lot. Um, you know, some, something simple is like she doesn't really understand what a tax increase does. Mm. She's like, well, yeah, then we'd have more money for schools. I was like, let me explain to you how <laughs> business works. Yeah. So like I started explaining things like that. And she's like, yeah, but. Not that store. And I was like, well, that where does that store get their stuff from? Manufacturers and you know how many how many employees do you think that store has? Twenty. All right. Well, how much do you think the employees make? Probably thirteen dollars an hour. Okay. Twenty times twenty five thousand dollars a year is what? And she's like, oh my god, that's four hundred thousand dollars in salaries. And I was like, and the owner of the store hasn't been paid yet. And she's like, wait, that little store makes over half a million dollars a year. <laughs> yes, to break even. Like so, we did a, a lot point. of that talk. That's a good point. Um, okay, but. One of the things was she was, uh, and once again, that's not the argument, but she was saying how Trump's been involved in so many lawsuits and Trump's had this many bad deals and everything like that. And I was like, well, yeah, because he makes moves. Because he's firing. And and when you make moves, things go wrong. When you stay in your house, you don't sprain your ankle. Sure. But when you're playing every sport and you're running around like a maniac, yeah, you're going to get injured. Things are going to go wrong. You're going to get fatigued. You might pass out. Something's going to happen. Yeah. And in business and in life and all those things, when you're making tons of moves, there's casualties. There's mistakes. There's missteps. There's injuries. And the more you do it, the the more mistakes you – and the better you learn how to handle them and everything like that. So, yeah, the building was like, yeah, cool. Of course this is a mess. Yeah. Like Because I'm doing a lot of things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that, that's why when, when I think people get hung up on the 2020 thing, um, I've been judging people really, no, I didn't just judge you just now, but I've been judging people really quick recently Yeah. and then reflecting back on myself. Okay. Um, especially like our training that we do, right? Cause okay. it's really hard. Yeah. Technical. It's very technical. It's very hard and it's really easy to be like my shoulder. Or, ooh, my, I, I, don't, my, I don't have the right shoes on for this. Or There's some way to get out of every single movement. Sure. And If you look hard enough. Yeah. And now that we've been, like, traveling and stuff like that, people are doing it, you know? And uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, this bar is too slippery because we don't have chalk. It's like, oh, yeah, there, there's your out. And I've been really paying attention to people's out. 
and how they use it and then they just get out of the situation and, and then they feel okay about themselves and bringing that back into myself and being like, ooh, I can't do that. Like that is weakness. And it's not even like looking bad about that person. It's like learning from an outsider and being like, I can't do that. And so I think a lot of times you're like, is your back okay? I'm like, good. It's mm. not good. I promise you. <laughs> like if you're asking me, I'm normally not okay. I know when you say good that it's not good. But, I, I just but, know that but about I, but you. But also, what, what am I going to be like? Oh, no, it's not okay, Dan. Please, yeah. let's stop doing this. Like, no, yeah. man, I'm going to focus my form. I'm going to keep my core tight, my glutes tight, and yeah. try to keep everything off my back. Yeah. If I really have to stop, I'll stop. I'm yeah. not going to be irresponsible. But like making sure I don't hammer with those little like – just little excuses just to dodge the hard work. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one thing I've really been noticing this year with everybody is like the 2020, the coronavirus crutch, just re just loving excuses, like the favorite thing. It's easy. And 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 I don't want to use their excuse as my excuse. So like, I'm not going to sit around and be like, well, the builder said that the steel company and the yeah. architect and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, no team, this is what we're going to do. They don't, that's not what my team wants from me. My team wants me to have November, December figured out with confidence and then uh, just to execute. Yep. Yep. You know? And I think that no matter if you're in the new warehouse or if you're in the middle of a field at a picnic table, mm -hmm. you're going to figure it out. You'll 100%. find a way. 100%. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things. Uh, Dana, you remember back in the day we had, we always just had like little quotes that we told each other and uh, one of them was like, don't ever let them see you sweat. Mm -hmm. Like, don't let people see you flustered. That was like a really big thing for me for a long time. Was mm -hmm. just act with confidence. You're always in control. Everything's always okay. And then there was points in my life where, like, I I thought that showing vulnerability was a strength. Like being able to admit that you don't know what's going on and all those things. And there's like an interesting balance of that. But I do miss the whole don't ever let them see you sweat. Mm -hmm. It was a re that was really like a really really cool time in my life when I had that. I've gone through so many different like mentalities, <laughs> but the that yes. one was really really fun. Um, when was this? That was more like the beginning. Oh, okay. The beginning when I first started to get employees and I started to like not really understand what was happening. So that's like 2010 ish. Yeah, like 2011. Oh, yeah. okay, got yeah. it. Okay. Um, there was also a, a fuck you kill everything. That was mm. a long, <laughs> that, was a few, that was a few years. I remember that. That was, and that, that's, that's still, I think, one of my favorite ones. Because I don't know how people perceive it, but the whole fuck you, kill everything, that was like fuck you to myself. Yeah. Like that little inner bitch that's like, oh, you can't do this, you're tired. Yeah. Or, yeah. or whatever. And then obviously the kill everything, which is like execute everything to the best of your ability. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, they hear fuck you and they're like, well, not to myself. That's to everyone else. Sure. No, no, that's internal. Uh, which goes back to the accountability thing. Sometimes you got to go there. Yeah. I think that when you're you're out on this run and, and it's pitch black that you're going to have to go to that place too. Dana, did you – I wish you had a <laughs> microphone right now. Did you realize I'm going to be running in the dark? In the middle of nowhere. Did Bye. you realize that during his run, his headlight – is going to run out of batteries. <laughs> and, and I'm going to have to have Kaya come and bring me one as a replacement. Well, you can bring batteries, right? Uh, the, my headlamps don't use batteries. They're all USB. What? Yeah. Oh, so it's an internal. Yep, it's a rechargeable thing. So he's going to need to swap headlights. Yep. 
Yeah. Swap headlamps. And run through the night. So I'm going to finish my race yeah. at like 10 o'clock, midnight, whatever. And I'm going to go to sleep. And I'm going to wake up and he's still going to be running. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to see the sun go down and come back up. Yep. Yep. Why are you so casual about that? Why doesn't that blow your mind? Is my brain that simple? <laughs> Yet. Registration is still open. I told her not to. I think that I've the runs that she's gone on, and I yeah. don't think anyone really knows this, but you've had like pretty big issues, uh, injuries. And then it just carries over. So that's yeah. the only thing I'm worried about her is I'm worried that she would she would hurt herself. Yeah. That's fair. That's uh, ooh, that's oh, what it right. is, huh? Well, she's so good at everything. I know. You know? Do you see your pistol squats today? Like, no yeah. bounce out of the bottom, full range of motion, I know. stable, so on a BOSU. BOSU ball, pistol. So I can't really do pistol squats right now for some reason. I was able to do them, and then we did the big run thing, and I think I just lost the strength and stability in my legs. So I'm going to point out where I can, like, bounce out of them and get yeah. it. But today you had us do on a, on a BOSU ball with a kettlebell, and then you would do like the around the world in the head and then everyone. So mm -hmm. Dana was just crushing them, and I had to go back to the, the prime wedge and just <laughs> do them by myself. I was really impressed on her pistol squats. I mean, they just looked everything. so smooth. Was a, He's it was a super just... freak athlete. I'm just some guy trying to make it work. <laughs> just you know? piecing it together, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's That's pretty, all. you know, and I, I was telling her about this when we were at FitCon, I think that I became a huge Dana fan at FitCon. Like I love Dana, uh -huh. but I became a fan when we were training. It was the first day and oh, she yeah. was outside training with mm -hmm. me doing our functional, yep. all that ninja stuff. She was doing box jump. She was doing box jump to pistol squat, mm -hmm. okay? So jumping from two feet, jumping up onto a box, landing on one, dropping it into a pistol and standing. Yeah. She went from doing all of that stuff to then going into the dumbbell rack with Flex and Brian Shaw and Big Boy and just hammering out bodybuilding sets with a crowd of people around her yeah. going ham, like 150 reps or something. And it was in that moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, she mm -hmm. is unbelievable. So yeah, Dana, <laughs> that's that's one of the, the biggest things that I noticed right off the bat is uh, the fitness industry is great, but there's a lot of people in it that are sort of just like faking it a little bit. Sure. And we're not faking it, but just they look a lot different than they perform. Sure. And um, that was one of the biggest things I noticed was when you start meeting people in real life, how they just, they never were really in the shape that they were online. Right. They never really looked like they, they looked, looked online yeah, yeah, and they yeah. could never train like they could train. You know, they always had an excuse like, Oh, I don't train legs on the road or I don't, you know, I, you know. <laughs> and, uh, right away I noticed that like, Oh, oh no, she's superior to all these other athletes. 100%. So that's why we started doing so many tours and so many things was to get her out there. And then she could step up with a flex Lewis and just rip a Flex Lewis leg day and be like, now what? When everyone else is like throwing up and being mm -hmm. super dramatic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is, we need to make sure that she's in these environments. Yep. And that's something that recently uh, she just hasn't been in those environments. Yeah. And that's why 
in setting up FitCon, I was like, oh, I want to make sure that all the influencers or fitness celebrities or whatever we're all called uh, were in an environment together where they can perform and get content, mostly because I knew Dana would just outshine everybody. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that when you put her in front of people like that, all of a sudden they're like, oh, whoa. She, it, it's like, yeah. this is like a real thing. Like, yeah, she's. Yeah. There's layers yeah. to it, right? That was, yeah, that was really impressive. I just, I was blown away. We had, blown we've away. done, I thinking back to, um, we've done some seminars. Like, so Chris Geffen, yeah. uh, huge fan of that dude. And he has some like really unique training principles that are just like max reps, mental game, just, just, he'll just destroy you. Yeah. And we used to do seminars in the UK where she, her and Chris Geffen, they'd bring in like one piece of equipment. And they'd be like, all right, well, it's time for your seminar. And they'd have like a leg press. And be like, all right, cool. And they'd do an hour on the leg press. And he would just get Dana to a point in time where, and there was a thousand <laughs> people in the crowd just like, just dead silent, just watching. Yeah. There was one of the seminars we just did, we just did laterals. Yeah. Jeez. And just like an hour of laterals and then like, you know, negatives with, with manual resistance. And, and, and people at first are like, oh, this is sort of dumb. And then you get like 15 minutes in and you're like, well, she's still going. Whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. You know? And uh, how many seminars did we do where, where people just watched you lift weights? I think we've done like three in the UK. Wow. I cried on the leg press. I think I cried doing the lateral. You cry all the time. You're a professional <laughs> crier. Like, Yeah, Ooh, I keep forgetting that you don't have a microphone. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, uh, I don't know if what what you heard there, but yeah, we we've, we've done a bunch of those where Dana just trains. Camps used to do that too. So I told you about uh, the Warhouse Gym camps, yeah, yeah, which is where we sort of made all of the money to purchase and start the Warhouse Gym, right? And that was like a two hour segment because one of the things that we used to talk about was like false failure. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I it's, do. Uh, there's this thing where, you know, like, no, 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 I can't do anymore. That was, that was it. That was all the pull-ups I had in the tank or that was, I can't run anymore. And sure. It's like, you, you can't run any more than that. I'm like, no. Well, what's going to happen? Are you going to die? <laughs> like, no, I, my legs just can't move. And it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Like we've all seen those runners that like they're getting close to the finish line and you, you literally see them not able to run anymore. They hit the ground. They're like, now I roll. Yeah. <laughs> That's failure. Right. You know? And I think that, bringing people to camp, that was one of the, the, the most intense things was people would watch her do a set and I always know that I can be like, all right, 10. And she'd be like dead. And if I say 10, we count down from 10. And just people like, you know, she's done, man. And just more. Just watch. And really, really showing what false failure. And that's in every aspect of life, you know? Yeah, but it, what, it is cool to see in person. It's like, very cool to see wow, in that, yeah. this is possible right now. You know, because I always, I always knew that Dana's done some incredible things. I know she's won the Olympia, first woman ever, which is amazing. But I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. I never, I, I, I didn't see that firsthand. Yeah. But seeing the transition from funky Bosu pistol squats with me to wrecking 150 reps in person was just like took it to another level and showed me even what was possible. It was really cool. Which is exactly why she can't sign up for this race and destroy me. <laughs> uh, the truth is out there now. Now we know. Great. 
I, you like how I tried to play it off like I was concerned <laughs> about her. I was like, no, I don't want her to hurt herself. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. All right, guys. Um, anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, we got some stuff to do. We appreciate you guys waiting. Very much. Daniel. Does anyone call you Daniel? My mom and you. All right, Daniel. <laughs> uh, really appreciate you staying for after the workout. And, Always, man. And uh, talking a little bit. I'm going to start recording more podcasts. I'm sorry. Um, I probably have Dan a lot more because we, uh, we train and then there's this nice window right after that where we can talk. So. Yep. <coughs> I remember my first podcast. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. That's my outro. 